Hey friends, welcome to Financial Fixer. I'm your host, Amanda Delaney. This podcast is for women who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is the place where we get real and talk about our money even when it's hard. I help women step out in courage, take control of their money, and build the confidence to take the ultimate journey to financial independence. In this show, I share my best nuggets from the framework I used to get my own shit together and clean up my money mess. These systems and strategies are the same when I work with my one-to-one clients and community members. We practice daily practical and actionable habits that may seem tiny but have mighty results. So if you're ready to get excited about your money and turn your confusion into clarity and maybe even get a little triggered into getting your ass in gear, listen up because your future matters. Yes, girl, you made it back. So we are here at step two of Build a Bitchin' Budget mini-series. So what do we want to do here? The thing we want to accomplish is build a bitchin' budget. The reason this budget is bitchin' is because it's going to work. It's going to be the most awesome thing you've ever done because you're going to do the in-between things. You're going to set it and not forget it. You're going to set it up and then you're gonna work with it interactively, right? So today is about prepping before the paint. We're gonna gather all the data. We're gonna talk about past, present, and future, the things that need to be put into our budget, right? So this exercise is the hardest for most people, especially if you've never done this process at once. It can be tedious, frustrating, and even maddening, right? But it has to be done. So whether you like it or not, This is the part that has to be completed. Most feel a great deal of relief and satisfaction from this step. I know it sounds crazy, but they do. And now when I say most feel this way, it's because most in my experience, my experience as a uh, financial, you know, spending behavior strategist, someone that's dealt with so many people um, that have done this process because I've sat in the passenger seat with them while they've done this process. And boy, these eye-opening aha moments have been like the spirit is with me every single time. It has been amazing. So I know that if you just do this work, you're going to look back at this later and say, that wasn't so bad. Because oftentimes, our anxiety about something is a lot bigger than the problem. Always remember that if you're feeling anxiety and overwhelm, that is a feeling. That is a feeling about something that may not exist. Anxiety is fear or worry about the future, right? So it's not even something that's happened yet. So anytime you feel like, you know, the first thing people say to me when I say, okay, we're going to be looking into all your stuff. This is what I'm going to need. I'm going to need your income. I'm going to need your your last three months of statements, I'm, you know, blah, 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 right? I'm asking for all this, this detail and they're like, oh crap, right? That just, that they have a visceral response to that because it's like, wait a minute, this is anxiety provoking, right? This is something that scares me, mostly because they're worried that they're going to find something bigger than they really, you know, they're going to find something. Yes. Most of the time you're going to look at this stuff and say, holy shit, I'm a disaster. Right. But whenever it's done, then, you know, what do you, what are you able to do about something that you don't know? Are you able to fix it? No. Once you know, you know. 
and then you're able to do something with it. That's why this is so profound, right? So this is the sil silver lining. Most people feel relief, I promise you. So what I do as a bonus is I also have my clients gather their payroll information. So if you are employed and you get a W-2, you get payroll, pay stubs. Um, I always say to look at that because there could be something in there that may need to be uh, tweaked, whether it's your W-4, uh, maybe you're not getting enough money out, you're, you're claiming zero, and you're getting so much back on your tax return that maybe you need to be breaking even a little bit better, not to the point where you owe taxes at the end of the year, but not to where you're getting so much back. Because if they're taking so much of your money throughout the year, you're actually, um, you know, they're they're basic, basically just holding your money in a, a non-return uh, account. And then they're just giving it right back to you. Why do you want the IRS to hold your money? So that's one of the things that I kind of look at. Also, if you're um, putting into your 401k, um, um, and you have a whole lot of debt, you may want to reduce or even stop your 401k contribution just for a little while. Again, this is temporary so that you can get more money back out of your paycheck so that you can pay towards your debts, right? So we talk a little bit about that. Maybe there's some insurances that you want to reevaluate, right? Some of those, uh, you know, you you might be at low risk for cancer or uh, decapitation, right? And there's these insurances that are offering to you for a low risk event. And why do you want to pay for something like that when usually, you know, through an employer or sometimes you might have life insurance and you also have health insurance and you have uh, op opportunities for disability short term and long term. Those things are make sense to get the disability set up, um, you know, like because they're not that expensive. Um, but when it comes to uh, crazy deaths, you know, and spending those extra dollars on stuff that just is just unlikely. Think about how much that's adding up every year. So you want to gather all forms of monthly income, including but not limited to child support, alimony, side hustle income. If you're bringing in some income, if you're, you know, doing something on the side, uh, something crafty and you're you're receiving income, you want to consider that as well. So, um, you know, rental property income, so on. So review and determine if there's anywhere that you can make a change. If you are self-employed and have an irregular income, skip this step altogether because it's something completely different. We're going to basically go by your net income and use that for your budget as well. So the next thing that I do in this step is we gather all non-mortgage debt information, total outstanding balances owed for each, minimum monthly payments due for each, and interest rates for each. This is important because it, if you are in debt and paying off debt is part of your big goal, then this task before getting on a budget helps because then you know what kind of plan you want to get on as far as what your budget is going to do for you. Your budget is actually going to get you a result, right? So if one of the results is to pay down debt, then you need to have a review of your debt completed first. So what I do is I say, you know, take all those outstanding balances, put them in the, I like to look at them from the largest debt balance to the smallest, um, just because I don't know, that's for some reason the way that I do it. Um, even though um, the, the average practice is the debt snowball method, um, 
which is paying the smallest debt first. But I like to look at the the top, the thing that's taking more of my money um, than the the thing that's taking less of my money, just from top to bottom. Uh, that's just the way that I like to view it. I think that it helps my clients as well for them to see, you know, okay, that car payment is just massive and I want to get to the place where I can get that car payment down. And I know that these debts underneath it are going to have to be taking care of first, right? So whatever your uh, your highest payment is and also your highest balance, outstanding balance, those usually are aligned anyways. This also includes but not limited to student loans, car loans, all of your credit cards, medical debt, personal loans, furniture loans, and even the timeshare. If you've got a timeshare, consider it debt. Step two is really the most robust, I'd say, as far as these steps. But again, this is gathering all of the information, right? So this is the third stage of step two, which is gathering the last three months of spending behavior. The reason I ask for three months is because we know that all months are not created equal, are they? Something, you know, for instance, December, I mean, what does December look like? That's an extraordinary month, okay? Or if you've had a water heater go out and you had an emergency in February, we know that that was an extraordinary thing. Or something's more expensive. For instance, summers are more expensive than fall, right? Because your kids are out of school and they might be in extracurricular activities and they are eating a lot more when they're home for the summer, right? So we want to take three months and just kind of take an average. And then also consider what was extraordinary. If there was a birthday and it was something crazy special or an event, we don't want to necessarily include that in our future budget. We just want to know that that was something that we were doing at that time. Just to kind of take a Uh, do it in an exercise. You know, this is all exercise. We're exercising our muscles here. You know, this is our awareness muscle. We're trying to become aware of what's going on. So we're going to list all household expenses, including but not limited to mortgage, rent, water, waste, electric, internet, phone, Uh, you know, all of those things. uh, List all of your variable expenses. So wherever you're spending from, whether if you're spending from a credit card as well, I know that I say take three months of your bank statements, right? But if you're spending from a credit card, consider that as well. Use that information as well because that is spending. Even though it's other people's money, we want to find out exactly what your behavior is um, and how much you are really spending, whether it's your money or other people's money, so that you can get yourself on an accurate budget. If you're spending from credit cards, take that information too. So your last three months credit card statements as well, all of this is going to be going together. So a little recap, we're going to be going over our monthly income, which is everywhere you're receiving income from. Okay, so your primary income, your child support, your alimony, all that stuff. Okay, and then we're going to be talking about your your total you know, monthly expenses. So if you're giving, there's gift lines such as charity gifts. You know, if you're saving your 401k, your IRA contributions, if you're putting money into a savings account or a sinking fund for something that you want to buy later, uh, that's also considered saving. So, and then you've got your mortgage, your rent, your cable, your internet, your streaming, your electric, your natural gas, if you've got that, water, utilities, trash, gasoline, you know, cab fare, if you're in a place where you have to take uh, rides, Uber, right? So that's transportation. So maintenance, 
your oil changes, that's transportation. So food, your groceries, your restaurants, miscellaneous spending on food, right? Are you going into the convenience stores a little too frequently? So personal, cell phone, hair care, skin care, nails, um, clothing, subscriptions. What are you doing for, you know, cosmetics? Do you have any subscriptions for razors? Things like that. So, and your health. So health is also a category here. Our health is extremely important. Health would be gym memberships, vitamins, supplements, doctor's visits. There's a lot of things that could go under the health category. So taxes and insurance, um, are you paying you know, certain taxes if you're self-employed, um, auto insurance, life insurance, health insurance, that's another area. So count all of that up and then that is going to be what you are uh, spending in, you know, to live. That's your living expenses um, and, of course, some lifestyle, but mostly your living expenses are going under, you know, totaled up under that, right? And then your monthly debt payments. So we put this at the bottom. And so you got to, again, list your car, your student loans, your credit cards, medical debt, and so on. If you owe a personal loan, you know, that is considered debt, put that there and then add all that up. And then take the all of the expenses from the income and you know what it is that you have left to budget. So I know I talked a little fast because I don't want these to go way over, you know, 15 minutes because I don't want to lose you either. So again, what we're doing in short, in synopsis, I guess, is we're taking all of our income, we're taking all of our expenses, we're taking all of our debts, our minimum debt payments, subtracting all of the things that we're doing and we have a final number, and that's what's that's what's left over and in our liquid cash, basically. So at this point now, we we will know if we are spending more money than we're making. So whatever's left over there, if you've got a couple hundred or you're in the negative, that means that you're you're really uh, you're really close, and something's got to change, right? So in just a little quote that I wrote a while back, it's your bank account is not your budget bank on the budget, not the bank. Because again, if you aren't, you know, just overly aware and tracking and, you know, you don't see what you're doing. I mean, I know you're there, right? When you're when you're doing something with your money, you're there. So you're not completely oblivious. However, how much are you really aware? Are we doing mindful spending or is this mindless spending? So really think about that. And step three is where we're going to put all of this data that we've that we've now collected into a budget, an interactive budget tool. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in step three. And one more thing, I will offer this as a freebie to my listeners as well after you listen to step three. So you have to hang tight, stay tuned, and I'll give you access to this freebie so that you can do it all um, you know, it's a lot easier uh, to because uh, you might be in your car right now. You might be running, so you can't totally stay in tune. Um, but to have this, to be able to print it out and to walk through the steps, I will offer that in my show notes in step three. See you later. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you loved it, send it to a girlfriend or send it to five or ten. That would mean the world to me. You can also find me on Instagram at Financial Fixer and feel free to tag me there too. So until next time, my friend, show your future self some love and spend with the end in mind.